You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. affiliation, but that's not who I am. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. You get what I'm saying here. You get, you get the point of what I'm trying to say here. I'm not telling you how to vote, except I'm going to encourage you to vote biblically. Vote with your biblical worldview. Vote with your biblical heart. That's all I'm saying. We must be careful by attaching anything to the name of Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. You can't add something to Jesus. You can't add something to his name. Many of us would be quick to agree that our political climate is rather heated. With the media going on about scandals and corruption, voting can get rather complicated in a matter of no time. However, as Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, we as believers aren't of any party, but are of Christ the King. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 20 as he continues his message, No Breaks in the Battle. Amasa thinks, well, this guy's going to welcome me like a brother. Even he calls him brother. I mean, come on. Then he stabs him. Stabs him. He acted boldly. And his troops were right there. He didn't care what they saw. He was defiant of David once again. This guy's incredible. Now, why did he do this? Why would he do this? Anybody have a guess? You were here when we studied it. Why do you think he would do this? I agree. I think he was definitely power hungry. I think he was angry because David had replaced him as general of the army with Amasa. And he was power hungry. And nobody was getting by on him. And he knew exactly what he wanted to do. This was personal revenge. We sacrifice all our interests for personal gain. Sadly, once more, the prophecy of the Lord becomes true. Why? Amasa was David's cousin. Remember, the sword shall not leave your family. Once again, we have this strange prophecy happening in there. But Joab was a ruthless killer. He was brutally loyal to David to a fault. But no one wanted to create a problem. He said, there will be no more problems for my king. That guy's a mean dude, man. Mean dude. Now, I found the next verse very interesting, and I tried to look at it, and I tried to figure out what was being said here. Verse 11 says, Meanwhile, one of Joab's men stood near Amasa and said, Whoever favors Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. That was interesting. Whoever favors Joab and is for David, follow Joab. Interesting words here. Listen to what one commentator said, quote, he knew what an interest he had in soldiery and how many favored him rather than Amasa, who had been a traitor and was now a turncoat and had never been successful. On this, he boldly relied and called them to follow him. What man of Judah would not be for his old king and his old general? But one would wonder with what face a murderer would pursue a traitor and how, under such a heavy load of guilt, he had courage to enter upon danger. Surely his conscience was seared with a hot iron. 
I don't think Joab has any conscience. He said, if you favor Joab, follow him. Like David, follow Joab. Now, one of the commentators I read kind of likened this to Jesus plus. And he used, I think it was John Corson, he used, I follow Jesus and the Republican Party. And he, I didn't like adding anything to Jesus. I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. I don't, it's not Jesus plus something else. I, I follow Jesus. And when I vote in the, on the 6th of November, I'm going to vote biblically according to God's word. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow God when I vote. I'm going to base my vote on what the word of God says. Not what any man says or woman or whatever. I'm going to vote that way. It's called a biblical worldview. I have a biblical worldview, and that's what I base my vote on. So I just follow Jesus. It's interesting, said, whoever favors Joab, follow Joab. And if you favor David too, yeah, follow Joab the same. Well, Joab was putting himself first. Now, I, I have a party affiliation, but that's not who I am. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. You get what I'm saying here. You get, you get the point of what I'm trying to say here. I'm not telling you how to vote, except I'm going to encourage you to vote biblically. Vote with your biblical worldview. Vote with your biblical heart. That's all I'm saying. We must be careful by attaching anything to the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. You can't add something to Jesus. You can't add something to his name. I'm bound to him because I'm a bondservant to Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to serve Jesus Christ. I'm his bondservant. I have selected to serve Jesus from my heart. I've given him my heart, and I want to serve him with all that heart that I have. So I am his bondservant. Why? Because he's my master. I've been bought with a price, and the price was his dear blood that he shed for me on a cross. So I belong to him, but I'm choosing to serve him as a bondservant because of the love that he shows me. Don't add anything to the name of Jesus. You'll hear people say, well, Jesus is good, but you have to have this too. Man, a red flag should go up so fast. Three things. Jesus, only Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. Period. Period. I hope that made some sense. Let's look at 12 and 13. But Amasa wallowed in his blood in the middle of the highway. And when the man saw that all the people stood still, he moved Amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him. When he saw that everyone who came upon him halted. When he was removed from the highway, all the people went on after Joab to, to pursue Sheba and the son of Birchree. These are looky-loos. These are gawkers. These guys see this guy standing, and they can't move. They're standing, they're, they're standing there staring at him. And, the, and Joab stabs him. And now, according to medicals, and some of you are more medically inclined than I am, but if you're stabbed and your entrails fall out, you could live a while. You could be alive for a little while. It would be a horrible way to die. But it says that Joab didn't stab him again. I think he wanted him to suffer. I think he wanted him to suffer. That, that doesn't speak very highly of Joab. 
I think he wanted him to suffer. That, that's you know, kind of disgusting. They finally get him out of the way, and Sheba takes his rebellion to a city called Abel. Let's look at uh, 14 and 15. And he went through all the tribes of Israel to Abel and Beth Makkah and all the Berites. So they were gathered together and also went after Sheba. Then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Makkah, and they cast up a siege mound against the city, and it stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. So they come to the city Abel, where Sheba thinks he's now safe, and he's hiding behind his walls with all his people. And it's interesting that you can't run from the will of God. You can't hide from the will of God. The will of God is going to happen in your life, whether you care to or not. Remember, David's the king. David is God's chosen. David is a man after God's own heart. God put David as king. So if you come against the king, you're not coming against the king. You're coming against God. So Sheba was really coming against God. So no one was safe when they run against God's will. There isn't a wall high enough or strong enough to protect you if you're running against God's will. Think about that. There is not one high enough or tall enough. It's interesting now, as we go into this and we read, we're going to read a good amount here up to 23. So let's read from 16 to 23. Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear, hear, please say to Joab, Come nearby that I may speak with you. And when he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I'm listening. So she spoke, saying, They used to talk in former times, saying, They shall surely seek guidance at Abel, and so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and the faithful of Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not so, but a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba the son of Bertri by name, has raised his hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, Watch, his head will be thrown over to you, will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people. And they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bertri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew the trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I'm sorry. This is really this is interesting stuff. This is, the, this is the third woman who helps David out. This is the third woman who helps David out in a bind. Uh, Abigail in 1 Samuel 25, and the woman from Tokia or Tekoa in 2 Samuel 14. You can read about them on your own. So the woman comes out, and she says, I'm a peacemaker. I like to make the peace. And so she basically comes out, and Joab's there. She goes, are you Joab? I am. Well, I want to talk to you. I'm a peacemaker. I want to make the peace. We come here, and we, we settle disputes here at Abel. I love it. So they said, well, what do you want? He said, Joab says, I don't want to destroy the city. Now, wait a minute. One minute he's chopping this guy to pieces, and then the next minute he says, I don't want to destroy the city. So, you know, you never know which Joab you're going to get here. But this is good because the woman said, hey, we're going to help you out here. We'll help you out. If you just kind of hang on a minute, we're going to help you out. 
One commentator said this, Sheba wanted to be the head of the army, but instead his head was thrown over the wall. So, it's like, so she goes in. I cannot, what did she say when she went into the city? What did she say when, when she went into the city? Did she come in and go, we don't take his head off. They're going to come in and kill us. So, okay. <laughs> the answer is simple. <laughs> See you later, Sheba. Been nice knowing you, pal. <laughs> you have to laugh. This is crazy stuff. Man, you think anything's changed? This is, you could, this could come out of today's newspaper. This could come right out of today's newspaper. Crazy. There's nothing new on this, son. I loved it. I'm among the peaceful and faithful in Israel. <laughs> That's what the woman said to Joab. I'm peaceful and <laughs> I'm faithful. You want me to cut his head off? I'm, I'm real peaceful. Can I cut his head off? <laughs> it's crazy. So what was wrong with Sheba? We're going to end here. What was wrong with Sheba? Sheba was ambitious. Ambition can be a scary thing. Ambition placed the wrong way can be a scary thing, and it can be a dangerous thing in the kingdom of God. Once again, once again, go to Philippians. Go to Philippians in chapter 2, where you guys are. You've been studying this now. In chapter 2 and verse 3 of Philippians, Paul writes, Let nothing be done through what? Selfish ambition or deceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Why is this so important? Why, why are we hanging here and we're talking about Sheba in the Old Testament, but I've taken you to a New Testament verse? What, what, where can we, how can we wrap this up? How can we say these things? Sheba wanted to be number one. His flesh wanted to be the top. He wanted to take David down. He wanted to be number one, which is what the world teaches us. I've said this before. Go to a college football game. Nobody in the college football game is shouting, we're number two, we're number two. No, they all want to be number one. Everybody wants to be number one, number uno, uno, right? And this is called vainglory. There's a strife and striving for vainglory. How many times is this the motive that's being used, not only in the world, but in churches also. People want to be noticed. I've said a million times that we ask for help. On that board right there, there used to be, I don't know if it's still there or not, a slide about serving. We need help in the parking lot. We need help in the children's ministry. We need help in the nursery. We need help in the kitchen. We need help cleaning on Saturdays, all this kind of stuff. I don't think anybody's ever come to me and said, Pastor Dave, I really want to help. What can I do? Well, you, you can help us clean on Saturday. No, 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 Pastor Dave, I really want to help. What do you want me to do? Well, you can help us clean on Saturday. No, Pastor Dave, you don't understand. I want to help. And I always contend, if we put a sign on the door, worship auditions, we'd have a line going out the door because everybody wants to be on this stage. That's the fleshly thing to do. My flesh wants recognition. I'm sorry, folks. My flesh wants recognition but we're not supposed to be fleshly. We're not supposed to be the old man, the new man now through the spirit. We have to suppress the old man. We have to suppress that spirit. Let nothing be done in selfish ambition or vainglory or deceit or conceit. We don't want to do anything like that because the Lord wants to be glorified in our body. He wants to be glorified in this. And if we're seeking a position, if we're seeking ambition just to be noticed, I got a feeling the Lord's taking note of that. Okay. I'll see you at the Bema seat and we'll talk. We'll talk about this. You know, when you get up there and he goes, you know, 
I remember that time you were picking up cigarettes in the parking lot. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, I was picking up cigarettes in the parking lot. Yeah, weren't you looking back in the window hoping Pastor Dave would see you? Oh, no, yeah, I saw you looking back in the window hoping Pastor Dave would see you. You wanted glory for yourself. You weren't doing it for me. You weren't doing it for me. I told you the story about when we used to meet in Ocean City and the Ocean City Calvary a long time ago in a galaxy far away. We were meeting in, in the Ocean City Calvary, and we met in, a, in a, a hotel during the winter. In the summer, we met at the movie theater. But we were meeting in a hotel, and I would get there early, and I would get the vacuum out, and I'd start running a vacuum. And after a couple times of doing that, one time I was running a vacuum, and I got real surly. Because I was the only one there doing this. And I was doing this, and I was getting kind of angry, and I was putting chairs up. And, stuff. and I tell you what, the Lord has never spoken to me, not audibly, but all I felt in my heart was these words, who are you doing it for? Oh, I kind of thought I was doing it for you, Lord. Not like that. Okay, busted. Busted. That's vainglory. That's that's. That's selfish ambition. That's wanting to be noticed. That's wanting to be noticed. He says, he says, low esteem. Esteem others better than yourselves. He says, look out for your interests. Yep, absolutely. But also look out for the interest of others. That, that low esteem. Take the low. You take the high road. Fine, I'll take the low road. Yeah, take, take, take the lower spot. Take, take the, the lesser spot. If everybody esteemed others better than themselves, would that be a wonderful thing? Would that be wonderful? That would be so great. Uh, that takes care of any self-esteem problem you may have. There's no greater enemy to the Christian than what we saw pride and passion. If we do things in contradiction to our brothers, we can cause strife and contention because I might not get my way. If I come in on Sunday morning and you're sitting in my seat and I sit there and hold my breath because you're sitting in my seat, that's contentious. That's contentious. We don't want to do those kind of things. And it becomes destructive to what we call Christian love. Christian love, agape. Read 1 Corinthians 13. Agape love. Not puffed up. Not puffed up. It's destructive. Christ came to take care of all those things. He came to, to slay our enemies, to take care of those things. There shouldn't be any spirit of opposition in us because when you've been reading, again, in, in Philippians, you guys have been studying it and studying it and studying it and studying it. Christ came humbly to us, and he becomes our example of humility. Obedient, obedient unto death, and even death on the cross. Obedient, humble, let pride go. Let pride be gone. And as we finish these last couple verses, 23, Then Joab was over all the army of Israel. Benaniah, the son of Jedodiah, was over the Cherethites and the Pelethites. Adoram was in charge of revenue. Jehoshaphat, the son of Alihud, was a recorder. Sheva was scribe. Zadok and Abathar were the priest. And Ira, the Jarite, was a chief minister under David. David has a new administration now. He surrounds himself with people that he can trust, people that he knows he can trust, people that he knows are following God. And I think this is the key to leadership. This is the key to leadership. I'll tell you what. 
I have been so blessed here at Calvary Chapel to be surrounded with men of like minds, men who want to serve the Lord, men who want to see the Lord lifted up in this community, men who want to see this church move forward in this community and help the community and preach Jesus Christ to the community, men who were sold out for Jesus. And I am blessed beyond belief that I can call them my friends, but they're brothers in Christ, and we are one in Christ, and we present a unified front, a unified front to the body. And we are the leadership of the church, and it is so important, and I thank the Lord daily that he has surrounded me with men who have like minds. Men who love the Lord with all their heart. Men who want to see the Lord preach. Want to see, talk about the cross. Talk about the gospel. Men who, men who want to see the Holy Spirit preach. Want to see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Want to see the gifts manifested. I thank the Lord with all my heart that he has surrounded me with people like that. It's so important. It is so important for a church to move forward. To, to move forward when we have that. And God is doing a mighty work. He's doing a wonderful work in all of your hearts. Every one of your hearts. We're unified. We are one in Christ. We are unified in him. We are his body. And we are one. And this is what David was trying to do with the nation of Israel. God wanted them to be restored. Remember, restoration is the key to 2 Samuel. God wanted them to be restored. He, he, wanted them, he wanted the ten tribes and the two tribes to come back to be one nation under his rule. And that's what God wanted. And that's what God wants here. So we got to watch out for the selfish ambition. we got to watch out for the vain deceit. we gotta got to watch out for those things. We can't start chipping away at each other here, chipping away at each other there, taking a hot iron and poking somebody. We can't do those kind of things because that's destructive. That's bad. That, that causes dissension, and dissension starts to grow, and a root of bitterness takes place, and pretty soon there's a crack. And man, I'll tell you what, if Satan sees a crack, he's right there. He's right in the midst of it. And problems happen after that. Problems happen in any church, any church you go to. So we got to stay close. And if that means, if that means saying you're sorry, so be it. So be it. Even if you're not. Even if you're not. Take that big gulp and go, I'm zzz. I'm zzz. I'm zzz. Sorry. You can do it. Be the first to apologize. Be the first to go to a brother and sister and say, you know, I really blew it. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's unity. That's Christ. That's Christ. And David's got a long way to go, and he's still going to make some more mistakes as we go through the rest of his life here in the last four chapters of, of 2 Samuel. But he's going to end okay. But he, he, he has a couple bumps in the road. Still, still yet to come. And that just shows me that God has never finished with us. He's never finished with us until the day he calls us home. He has never finished with us. He's always working with us. And there are no breaks in the battle. There are no breaks in the battle. So if you got, you're sitting back, you got your feet up looking for the bonbons, don't. Because guaranteed there'll be a worm in one of the bonbons. There'll be something wrong with one of the bonbons, and you'll go, ah, so don't do that. Know that for sure. Amen? Amen. You are sure. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all we have time for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can explore more of this series in 2 Samuel or jump to another book of the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult. So we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We're gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. We look forward to worshiping with you, either in person or virtually this weekend. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in the book of 2 Samuel, right here on Assure Hope.